0: good afternoon I just got out of the Boulder Community Health Hospital here I was uh, getting a physical and a blood test and uh, a bunch of other things were checking me out making sure I'm still alive <laughs> Preacher John is still here still kicking still doing well and uh, I think God treated me something I normally would never do I don't spend any extra money but uh, as I was walking through the lobby of the hospital I remember that they have a very nice uh, restaurant cafeteria cafeteria and uh, I asked the lady says do we still have a? Do you guys still have a cafeteria I said, oh, yeah. so yeah I was able to go down there and the Lord bought me lunch it was great at chicken fajita man it was really good really enjoyed myself got a chance to ta- pass out several gospel tracts when I introduced myself So we have a siren coming, just hang on here. Uh, I'm gonna have to cover my ears here. uh... All right, so uh, what I do when I introduce myself I said, I'm the guy who holds that big Jesus sign around town. Yeah, okay. I, oh, yeah, I know who you are. Yeah. And I said, I just here I am. I just so you'll know who I am. And I talk about my YouTube channel, my website, and uh, my email and stuff. I just, this is who I am, so you'll know who I am. So people take this as a calling card. It's my gospel track. It's the chick, you know, this was your life. This was your life. and uh, And they take it. Every one of them. Everybody takes my calling card. I do have a church card, too, right here, so sometimes I'll hand out my church card, that uh, pastor and building. And uh, it's really interesting when you're walking around like this, especially with my banner, a couple of people says, is that your banner out there, is that your sign rolled up by the cones? They said, yeah, that's mine. That's what I thought. And uh, obviously I'm dressed as way, I'm the only guy, but you know, I never know. And. Uh, and as you walk around, because I've probably seen about probably 50 people, I'm just going to guess, probably, yeah, four or five dozen people. And Because uh, I've been here for since 10 o'clock this morning. It's 12.30, yeah, it's two and a half hours I've been here. And uh, that's why I'm just going to preach out here rather than going out to Louisville, which was where I was originally scheduled. So I'm going to stay here. The bus stop is right here. The jump will come along and pick me up a little later on. But I'm going to lift my banner out here for a little while. I think I'm gonna go right over there on the lawn, kind of where is the, some of the people are coming down. I've never been at it with my banner. I have done a sermon out here, uh, here a while back when I was at the hospital. Uh, but I think this will be good to stand right there. And, uh, but what I, what I wanted to say is, uh, is uh, being consistent, always, always being consistent and predictable, Uh, produces something that's very unique and that is people begin to uh, know you it's not that you just come out just know they know you one time or two times but when you come out over and over and over and over and over in a consistent week after week month after month and now it's year after year after year we're in our fifth year of being at 28 different locations in my city 28 it's just a small town. Uh, those aren't the locations outside of my city. I have other places. Though, those are other cities I go to. You know, we have Boulder than 15 other cities for a total of 16 currently in Colorado. When I told that to the guy who was taking all my blood, he said, Do you, do you travel around the country? So now it's all in Colorado. Oh, really? Just in Colorado? You know? And uh, he knew me. The. Uh, the people who checked me in at the hospital knew me. The nurse who was the assistant to the doctor knew me, knew who I was. The doctor knew who I was. The lady at the front lobby desk knew who I was. Said, God bless you, man. She said, God bless you. You know, She knows, knew who I was, she seen me. Uh, when I went into the cafeteria, nobody in the cafeteria knew me, but as I was sitting, I wanted to make sure I wasn't sitting in some corner someplace. I'm a witness. So I'm sitting, I went all the way around trying to find a place that I could sit so when people come into the cafeteria, there I am. I wanna be the first thing they see before they come in the cafeteria. So I found a table there, it's kind of in the hallway. They had these big massive walkways and they had tables sit out there. So I'm sitting right there, just right in front of the, right by the door that goes in the cafeteria. I'm the first one they seen, so there's probably Probably another couple dozen right there who saw me coming into the cafeteria. And uh, they're on my back, my shirt, it just was amazing. And then when I was walking out, a couple of people said, God bless you. And I said, God bless you too, sir. Thank you, God bless you, ma'am, thank you. I'm, you know, talking to people. And then when I walk out the door, I'm looking around and I'm just started walking on the pathway here and there was a lady sitting on a bench over there and uh, she kept looking at me, trying to get my attention. And a really nice lady we sit outside to go inside we kind of check in out here and kind of go inside sometimes it's a very nice day out here but uh, so I kind of looked I didn't want to bother her because you know she was kind of focused on something and uh, but uh, she was looking at me and so I decided to kind of look towards her because I didn't want to bother her very respectful of people I'm not trying to I'm not trying to get in people's face because my presence is already in their face I walk in the light of God, I'm not walking in darkness, I'm walking in the light of God. and That means I walk different, I talk different, I stand different, I'm a representative of Almighty God in that hospital today and in that uh, medical center today. And I walk that way everywhere I go, I'm somebody important. Not that I'm some high-minded guy, no, I'm not crawling on the floor either, I walk like I've got somewhere to go and I serve somebody important and I'm here to do business with your soul <laughs> and uh, I walk out and that lady got my attention I looked at her and she just gives me a wonderful beautiful smile kind of nods her head quietly respectfully and like it's like she knew me she wanted to make sure that she said hello in, a, in her own way and uh, the way she did it and all the other people of the last two and a half hours, the way they, I was interacting. Believe it or not, you become sort of like a public figure. Uh, sort of like a celebrity, to tell you the truth. And that could be a real downfall to a lot of public ministers, believe it or not. Uh, especially in church buildings when the church really grows and everybody is... Looking at you like you're somebody special when you're nobody, you know, we're nobody and uh, We serve somebody You know, anyway, that's another story You have to keep stay humble You know, you have to be very respectful be humble all the time all the time all the time all the time Have a, a lots of humility about you Can't walk like you're high-minded that you're better than everybody else look you're a sinner. You were a sinner before you're saved, too. So sometimes you have to remember who you were, where you came from, and, uh, in a sense. So you can relate to everybody. You know, we're all there, every one of us. There's nobody who born that was a perfect saint of God, born, hey, I'm perfect, I don't need Jesus, I'm perfect. That's what the Hebrew people say. They don't need Jesus, they're perfect. But uh, they do need Jesus. And we're praying for Israel right now. A lot of people are praying for the other, the enemy, who wants to destroy God, his people. But uh, we're praying for God's people. Let's pray. Lord, we lift up your people there in Israel. We lift up your people, Lord. Uh, And we're a part of those people. We're believers in you. You're born into the Hebrew family. You're the line of the tribe of Judah, uh, uh, Jacob. And then his father was Isaac, and his father was Abraham. So Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and down through the son of Judah. There you came through David. And I just say thank you Lord for uh, dying for us, a Gentile who was not called to be a part of the family of God, but uh, you were so gracious that you loved the whole world. Not just your people only, because you came to to the lost sheep of Israel. Well, I'm not a lost sheep of Israel. I'm not even connected to, I'm I'm nothing. In fact, we're almost sort of like dogs. We're not even sheep, we're dogs. But you saved us too, because we believe on you. We thank you, Jesus. Man, oh man, it really hits my heart. I mean, our story is so important. Our testimony is so important. In fact, my testimony is so important that on the back of my gospel track here, I even wrote my prayer. Yeah, how do I remember the exact words? These are the exact words that I pray. They're in red here. Jesus, if you're real, here I am. Those were my words. I didn't make it up. That's what I prayed, laying in that middle rack on board, in the operations department on board USS Regal, AF-58. I said, Jesus, if you're real, a miracle happened. I got born again. (laughs) No doubt about that in my life. I tell you, I became a new child of God. I became a new creature in Christ. And two weeks later, the Lord says, I want you to preach. I want you to minister. But first, I want you to go to school. I knew that was God speaking to me because it was the same voice that was in that light that that, that, I'm not going to tell the story now. And I said, yes, Lord. I said, yes. Uh, Yes. I knew I was called into the ministry. I heard the Lord speak to me. I mean... It's just, I'm a called minister. Been called since the womb. My mom said no to God, and I said yes to God. And, because uh, I'm board Navy ship, I can't go to school, so I just started preaching right away. And I went, uh, went to the, the very next Bible study they had on board our ship, and that's where I began preaching. Don't know how many Bible studies I went to. The only one I can remember is the first one. It's the only one I can remember that's where I told my story. What happened in the Bible study, there was probably, I don't know, six, seven, eight, ten guys sitting around. I don't even know where we were on board a ship. We were someplace on board ship. Don't even know where we were. And, uh, but it was in a separate room. We were, I think we were sitting on the floor, on the deck, on the fl- steel deck. I don't know where we were. And so uh, the guys who were praying with me, those six guys I talk a lot about, they were there, plus some other guys that were there. And uh, you know I was quiet I didn't know anything and uh, but I just wanted to go to that Bible study and uh, they asked me uh, no they started preaching out of the Bible and all of a sudden once they started preaching I say started ministering out of the word I I, it's like I got their attention. that that wait a minute that's not what it says that's not what it says Everybody I remember this too. Everyone stopped and turned right at me and I go, wow, I'm on the that's not what it said. He said, so What does it say, John? That wasn't the name I was being used at that time, but and it was like, just before I said that's not what it said, it was like something just came over me. Something just like somebody just laid a blanket on me. I could feel the heat. I can feel something that came around me. that's not a part of me it wasn't inside of me it was on the outside of me that just kind of covered me now I know that that's the anointing of God when a minister stands up to preach God covers him with an anointing that anointing he preaches out of that anointing that's how you minister right and so I recognized that and I told and I started off told them what that meant and I wanted to tell them my testimony how I how I got there And I told my testimony. I used that verse. I just prayed, Jesus, if you're real, here I am. Told them my story, how I got saved from all the junk that I was in. And I've been telling my story tens of thousands of times. In fact, on this gospel track here, I printed printed 10,000 of these. 10,000 of these. 10,000. So we're right about, uh, we're only about... uh, a half a case away from running out of the ten thousand, so we're going to be placing another order of ten thousand. All those ten thousand are out in the public, all over the place, everywhere you can possibly imagine. People have been helping me to get those gospel tracks out. I give a bunch away, so sow the seed. Keep one for yourself, give the others away, place them around town, and people have been doing that by the thousands, all over Boulder. And that's just Boulder though, but all over the country actually. We have a couple guys who travel a lot. One guy, Brent, he travels all over the country and uh, he takes, I think he said to me, I think he takes a couple hundred gospel tracks with him. And uh, he places them all over the place, everywhere he goes. Praise God, right? And uh, so we're getting the word out. We just, I just mailed a pack of 25 out there to, out there to West Virginia here a couple days ago. Or last week, or whatever it was, you know. That was uh, how much was that? That was the pack. I already owned the pack. Uh, I think the maily was uh, around four dollars, three ninety-five or something like that. Was it worth it to me? A lot of people said, "Man, four bucks to mail those packs." I mean, man, he could go get his own. Well, you could think that way if you want, but I was excited. I was excited. Do you think God will give me four dollars so I can mail a pack of tracks out? Yeah, I think so. If you believe it, if you don't believe it, well, you know, you probably have trouble paying your bills too. You, know, you have to trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord for all your means. Se- seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these things that you need and you want, have to have to live on, will be provided. But if you don't seek first the kingdom of God, I tell you, it could be why you're struggling. Let's get into this verse here in Acts 20, uh, Acts chapter 20, verse 21, testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks, testifying, that's the title of our sermon today, testifying. I got that today when I opened my Bible at the True Study class that we're doing every Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 8 a.m. Seemed like about half of it, 20 to 30 minutes of the hour, is all about exhortation, exhorting the believer, lifting them up, edifying them. And really comforting me at the same time. And then we get into the nitty gritty of the True Study book and the log and all kinds of other stuff. But today's class was not like any other class I've done. It was like 50 minutes, 55 minutes of nothing but exhortation and prayer, exhortation and prayer, exhortation and prayer type thing, edifying, things like that. Where is that in the Bible? That's 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Right. That's something you want to desire. First Corinthians fourteen says you want to desire spiritual gifts, and you want to desire following after charity. Desire. In fact, let's go there real quick before we go to this. First Corinthians fourteen. I'll just read the first couple of verses. First Corinthians fourteen. Follow after charity. We just read that, right? That was in verse chapter thirteen. This is chapter fourteen of 1 Corinthians. Follow after charity. And desire spiritual gifts desire spiritual gifts where's that chapter 12 so he's he's telling you go there's 13 charity there's 12 spiritual gifts so follow after charity desire spiritual gifts that means you need to desire the presence of the Holy Ghost in your life you want to be full of the Holy Ghost when you're full of the Holy Ghost those nine gifts in Acts chapter 12 1 Corinthians chapter 12 will be a part of your life. You don't own those gifts. You'll never own those gifts. Don't think you own them and don't steal them. They belong to the Holy Ghost. If you take those gifts away from him, that's the last time he, he operates until you repent. Then you have to do it on your own. You don't want to do anything on your own. You want to do it by the power of God. Do everything by the power of God, not on your own ability. Even if you're smart, Even if you got lots of experience, I don't do anything on my own. I got a lot of experience. I don't do anything on my own. I was out here praying for about 10, 15 minutes, 12 minutes, 15 minutes. Where do you want me to stand? I wasn't just, I asked for everything. What color, what shirt do you want me to wear? What color hat do you want me to wear? Everything. I asked for everything all the time, every day. Yesterday, I asked the Lord about going and getting a lunch after the blood work and the doctor visit and the nurses and all that stuff. And uh, I just said, well, I don't want to, later this morning, I said, I don't want to take any of your money, Lord. That's your money, not my money. uh, But as I was walking out, it just came over me. It came over me. Hey, you're supposed to have lunch. I'm buying lunch. (laughs) I said, God, I'm buying lunch. And then I asked the lady, do we still have a cafeteria? She said, yes, we do. And so I was out there, and that's where I went. God provided. How does God provide? Well, we need to ask that question. Let me do this 1 Corinthians 14 again. (laughs) Follow after charity and desire spiritual gifts. But rather, listen, rather. See, a lot of people focus on the spiritual gifts. Some people focus on all the charity. That's wonderful. But it says here, rather, rather, rather. This is better to do. Rather is better. Take this instead. Don't take that. Take this. You can have that, but take this over here. That's what rather means. Rather that ye, all of you, may prophesy. Prophesy. That is the, one of the greatest desires God has for His people, that you choose to prophesy to people. Now, most people don't even know what that means. They think, first time I say that to people, oh, I don't know the future. I'm not a prophet. Right away they tell me, that tells me they don't know the Bible, they don't pray, and they don't understand. Ever learning, never, know, having the, never able to uh, have the knowledge of truth, or however that verse goes. We talked about this morning. But rather you may prophesy. All right. So now he's going to explain what that definition. That's an S, not a C. S is to prophesy, S-I, S-I, S-I self, sigh. And uh, C Y C is to see in the future. C-Y, see in the future. It's kind of how I remember it. I know a lot of people don't like that either. That's fine. For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue, right, he's talking about some of the spiritual gifts, but he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh unto men, right, because it's an unknown tongue, but unto God. uh, I'm sorry, let me do it again. But for he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. For no man understandeth him, howbeit in the Spirit. He speaketh mysteries, right? So Paul wanted to highlight that a lot of people don't like tongues they think that's from the devil here it says you're speaking to God how many of you listening right now speaking tongues to God right and that is not from foreign language if you're English you don't need to speak in uh, Swahili <laughs> to hear have God hear you right you don't have to you don't need to speak in Chinese or Russian or if and if you speak English, you don't need to speak in Mexican either. If you're Mexican, you don't need to speak in English to praise God. You can speak in a if you if all you know is English. And all you know is Spanish. It's a it's another tongue. Anyway, let's go on. But he that okay, uh, how be it in the spirit, he speaketh mysteries. Yep. Verse three. But he that prophesieth, see there's prophesy, there's your s again, prophesieth. S, self, soft, prophesy. He, the person who prophesies, does this. Propheseth. Speaketh unto men. When you prophesy, you're not speaking to God. You speak to mankind, male and female, men, men, mankind. You don't use that other word, ever. People do, but they shouldn't. That opens up doors and windows and breaches in the spirit. You can't you can't shut because you opened it. He that prophesies speaketh unto men. To number one, edification. Edify, edifice to build up, to build up, build up. Right, edify and exhortation, exhortation. When I'm every every message I do, I prophesy. My mold, main focus is prophesying into your life, and that is to edify and to exhort. And this number three years. So to prophesy is done. Means edification and exhortation and comfort, comfort. That's what we do. That's the first part of these sermons. Every one of them pretty much is that way. I'm not all about the drama, showing all kinds of nasty stuff. I'm about building you up, edifying you, exhorting you, and comforting you. Why do I want to do that? So you can go back into 13, understand charity. So you can go back into 12, understand the spiritual gifts, understand the comforter. Yeah, understand the comforter. And then you can go out with the comforter, the Holy Ghost, and do your ministry. And when you're doing your ministry, you're filled with the Holy Ghost and you deliver the word from Almighty God because you've been praying him in the spirit and tongues. And then God gives you an interpretation. That interpretation is for the people, not for you, but for the people. And then you deliver a message from God, not from your own ability and what you're looking at, but from Almighty God. You deliver that word, the Bible says that the Word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. He's referring to this also, the Bible, the book. But he's also referring to himself. Who is himself? Revelation 19.13 says he is the Word of God. Jesus Christ is the Word of God. He's not referring to this book. He's the Word of God. He's not the Book of God. That's what Bible means. Bible means book. He's not the book of God. He's not the Bible of God. He is the Word of God. The Word of God, W-O-R-D, really important. So when I write Word of God out and I'm referring to this book, I don't capitalize W because I'm talking about this book. But when I talk about Jesus as the Word of God, I make sure it's capitalized because that's his title, Word. Or his name, too. And his name shall be called the Word of God. And Let's go to that real quick because a lot of people don't understand that. Let's go to Revelation 19, 13, real quick. Revelation 19, 13. Let me find it. And he was clothed... He... Who's that? The Lord Jesus Christ. He was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood. And his name... Is called his name is called is his name his is that the name of God his he him his I'm in his service I hate that all these Christians and all these ministers said I'm in his service as far as I'm concerned his means Satan because that's really what you're saying you're ashamed to use the name of Jesus how sad how sad how many Christians who talk to me day after day week after month will never use the name of Jesus They'll always say his. And if they don't want to use the way his, they'll just say generically God. God did this. God. They don't know, they don't mention God's name. God has a name. God is not his name. God is not his name. That's his authority, the Godhead. God is short for Godhead. Verse 13. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood. And his. It's not he, and it's not his. Those are not names. So when people capitalize those, they're making that him and his a title. But they tell me, oh, John, that's not what I'm doing. Well, I know that's what you're doing, but what you're telling me is not true. Well, I'm trying to to edify God by exalting names and titles that aren't even exalted in his book. So what that tells me is you don't really believe the King James Bible. Yeah, because you change it. When you write it out, you change it. If you really believed it you wouldn't change it seriously think about that i mean really think about it i mean we're going into some darkness down the road here that is so dark that if you haven't got your lights fully on you have got your fog lights on you got your air you're zeroed in on what's ahead of you and you've got your light full and turned on you're gonna fall down and how that's going to be tested is how many things have you, are you doing that's not in the Word of God, not in the Word of God? Because all those things that you do that are not in the Word of God, I'm talking about the King James Bible, I'm not all that other junk that's out there. All that's perversion. The only pure Word of God is the King James Bible. That'll get you mad. People get furious at that, absolute furious. Why? Why should that get you mad? If you got the peace of God, it shouldn't make any difference to you. But it means something, because they own that Bible. That's my Bible, my Bible, my Bible, like a two-year-old. That's mine, that's mine, that's mine, that's mine. That's mine, that's how they act. You see, so you know that Satan is in there somewhere. The devil is in their life somewhere. Don't know where. I know where, but they don't know where. Verse 13, and he was clothed with a vesture, dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. The, capitalized, the. The one and only. The means singular. The, only. Word. Only one word. There's not 18,000 words. One word. Of one God. The Word of God. That'll blow people's head. That's in the Bible. One God. But they get furious at that too. You see, people get mad at me because I'm speaking and preaching the truth of the Word of God. And they're preaching and teaching and talking to me from what they've been taught. It's not in here. But because they believe and they trust the person who taught them, they think they've got to be right because they've got all these degrees. He's a doctor so-and-so, so-and-so, so-and-so. He's got to be smart, he's got 15 years of the- theology, and he's a PhD in whatever what. And he knows all the Greek languages and all the Hebrew, and he can say it forwards and backwards and inside and outside, he read everything, I mean, who knows, whatever. But they get it wrong too, because they're so high-minded. You gotta keep yourself humble, man. One of the ways to stay humble is stay in the Word of God stay in the Word of God and stay in prayer stay in prayer stay in the Word of God and you go deliver that relationship that you have with Christ you deliver that to people and the messages that you get out of the Word of God you deliver that you empty yourself out in a sense when you come back home you go into your prayer closet you shut the door and you pray to your Father which is in secret and the Father will refresh you Refresh you. and You'll have a fresh word. A fresh fellowship with the word of God. A fresh fellowship. Amen? Fresh. Not old. Not stale. Fresh. Pure. Amen? Man, that sun is hot. Uh, let's go to Acts 20. But what I'm doing is I'm testifying. I'm actually walking out this title of our sermon, testifying. I testified of what went on in the hospital over at the Boulder Community Health Center here, Foothills Medical Campus. Yeah. Testifying both to the Jews. I testified to a Jew. Yeah. It took me really nice. His wife is a Catholic. <laughs> i married to a Catholic. <laughs> kind of an oxymoron there, huh? <laughs> but uh, he was very open to listen to me. Very open while he was taking my blood at <laughs> all those needles I mean It was very open to the gospel. Gave him a gospel tract yeah. He was open. That's kind of feeling him out. I was, I was, I'm looking for a door when I talk. When I approach somebody. The first thing I'm doing, I'm not looking to see how I can come I'm looking for a way into their heart, way into their soul. Now I've been doing it a long time, so it kind of comes second nature to me. I don't have to think about it anymore. It's just a natural, it's just how I live. My mannerism is I'm always looking for opportunity to talk to people about Jesus. It's just the way I live. Is that the way you live? Do you have to really get your head around and go, okay, I'm gonna go talk to people today. I gotta, I gotta think, no, no, just stop that. Don't do that. Forget that. Don't do that. Don't go out and witness. If that's how you're going to do it, I've got to get my head around it. Just spend more time with God. More time with God, more in His Word. These two go together. And then He'll talk to you. God will talk to you. And you can go out, and then you'll be able to do something. Testifying both to the Jews, also to the Greeks. Preacher John. Greeks repentance toward God repentance toward God so when you look at the word toward that means you're facing a certain direction facing a certain toward okay and so and then you're that toward direction is toward God and then the word before that is to repent when you go back through the King James and you look at the word repent is to change kind of change your direction. So if this is my direction, I'm going to change direction. I'm going to repent from looking here and I'm going to look here. So that's changing toward God. Right? That's what this is. Repentance toward God. And so when you're going to call out to the Lord to be saved, what you do is you change your direction toward God and you ask Jesus to save you. Jesus is the Word of God. Jesus is God. Jesus is the Son of God, the only begotten Son of God. Not gender, son does not mean male genital self. It means to come out of. He came out of the bosom of the Father. That's what Son means. There's neither male nor female in heaven. God is not a male or a female. A lot of people get mad there too. Be surprised how many people hang on to false doctrine, unsound doctrine. They just hang on to it with their life. Why? I don't know. They think it's a life preserve, as soon as the water comes, they sink. I don't know. So I'm trying to get people to s- just lay everything aside. Just put everything aside for just a little while and go off by yourself with you and God and the Bible, the King James. Take a vacation. Take a week off from work and tell your wife, your husband, however you wanna do it, your kids, I'm gonna get off for a week with God. I'm just gonna go out and camp out. Just, I don't really advise going to a motel motel, because uh, those motels could be really dangerous. i have a truck driver for 40 years, I know all about motels and hotels and resorts. You kind of want to go off by yourself, I and mean, go drive in your car and sleep in your car. I don't know, you know. Like I would caution against going to a motel or a hotel or resort. I wouldn't, ca- I would, you know. Uh, travel someplace where the weather's nice and take your tent with you and camp out someplace that'd be okay just spend it with God when you walk around the woods or the mountains or wherever you're at or on the beach stay away from people and just talk to God about your life I mean talk to God about your life your life is so important that's why I talk the way I talk I love you because I know that God loves you and I love you because God loves you and I understand God hates the sin the sin is gonna take you to hell if you don't have Christ and if you're in sin you've turned your back away from Christ you've not toward God because if you're sinning you're not pointing towards God because no flesh will glory in his sight I'm sorry it's not one saved Always save. You can live in sin the rest of your life, and God's gonna say, "Oh, that's okay, buddy. Come on up here. I trust you. I love you. Come on, but no, that's sorry. It's not gonna happen because He's already blotted your name out. That sin has condemned you already. Sorry, that's tough, hard teaching that I hate to talk about. When people talk that way, I don't talk that way anymore. I preached that way for twenty-five years. I'm so sorry I did that, but I was preaching out of corrupt Bibles. Listen to corrupt pastors teach out of their corrupt Bible. Therefore, I became corrupt. Duh. <laughs> can corruption, can, uh, can, you know, you know the Bible verses on that. Can a corrupt seed produce an uncorrupted fruit? I mean, something like that. No. You produce after your own kind. You produce after, that's Genesis 1, verse 11. We are fruit, and in the fruit is seed. And that seed reproduces or produces after his own kind, right? Really amazing. All right, so it says here, uh, testify both to the Jews and also to the Greeks, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. See, it just tells you that God is the Lord Jesus Christ. See, that really throws people in a loop too. I thought Jesus was God number two and God was uh, God number one or whatever I you know they it's really a goofy I used to teach it too man I was there i where I I'm there I was there but I got wise I got wise what Satan was doing and I had to make a decision do I want to follow after the traditions and teachings of mankind Or do I want to follow after the teachings of the Holy Ghost? Well, I decided to choose the Spirit of God, Spirit of Truth. (laughs) And things really took off for me. The understanding that just started flowing into my life was phenomenal. The wisdom just started exploding in my life. The knowledge of God just started growing exponentially. Just started multiplying and multiplying and multiplying. It was incredible because I had to weed out all the corruption. God will not glorify corruption. He's not gonna do it, not gonna do it. So you can bake God all you want to bless that corruption. He's not gonna do it, sorry, not gonna do it. But people keep on doing it. I meet people at least once or twice a week who want me to ask God to bless their sin. Sorry, I don't do that. Repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. Faith. You have to have faith, man. Study what faith is. You'd be surprised the what faith is. Right? Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Let's go to that real quick. Since I keep bouncing around the Bible now. Hebrews 11. So, praise God, praise God. Hebrews 11.1, here's the definition of faith. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Not seen. The evidence of things, we have evidence all around us of things that aren't seen. You have evidence, I have evidence I have blood in my veins because I watched the blood come out of my arm in the hospital there. I watched the blood come out. Vial after vial after vial after vial. All that blood's coming out of me. I can't see the blood. Can you see the blood? I don't see any blood. But I saw it come out of me. There it was. Did I, you know? I have faith that my heart is beating. I was hoping my heart was beating correctly. She said, man, your heart's doing really great. Very low blood pressure, low heart rate, fantastic shape said for 70 years old, actually for any age, you're in great shape. Don't take any medication. I praise God. That's why I talk about health. It has nothing to do with I mean, there's a little bit of genetics. But let me tell you, genetics only goes so far. It's your life choices, your life choices that really are the dominant factor of your health. Genetics play a role? Yes, we know that. But your life choices will overshadow those genetics for a very long time, very long time. It could be your whole life, if you've had good good habits all your life. It's up to you, it's up to you. You wanna eat garbage? Eat garbage, you're gonna pay the price. Everything has a price tag. Sin, your sin that you committed this weekend, last weekend, or the one you're planning on, is gonna have a consequence, yeah. So if you're a lady, you're single, and you're dating some boy and that boy doesn't know Jesus but you know Jesus and something happens that you guys go to bed and you end up with a baby that's how it happens what are you going to do you have sinned big time what do what do Christian women nowadays do yeah they go seek counsel from their ungodly friends they say oh just kill it's not a baby it's just a Ball of tissue. It's just a bunch. It's just you know. This is like you ate something bad. It's just a, it's a bad taco from Taco Bell. That's all it is. Yeah. That's where we are today. Satan has got people deceived. Are you deceived? I hope not. Says right here. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I mean, live a little bit of time in Hebrews 11.1. 1. And then after you've lived there for a while, in that verse 1, then finish the entire chapter. We call that the Hall of Faith. The Hall of Faith. Maybe I'll be there one day. Not in this book, but maybe the one in heaven. I'll be there somewhere on page 1 million, and something way down at the very end of the book. Oh yeah, that guy from Boulder, <laughs> that truck driver that turns street preacher. Yeah, here he is, way down here, small print. <laughs> I don't know. That's kind of funny. Testifying both to the Jews and also the Greeks, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. How about that? I'm going to stop right there in that verse. You know, it's really amazing how you can preach on just one verse. And get so much out of it. And people read the Bible. Last night, Brent and I were talking as we were going, driving in the car, and uh, one of the things he brought up is well, I bring up a lot, and that's how people read the Bible. They read it like a novel, blah, 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 blah. they just read through it. He said, so that's not how it's meant to read. And he uh, says, it's meant to be read like a child would read a book. Like he has four children. I think as old as Davy is, old is, I think he's four? I think he just turned four here a few months ago. So he reads very slowly, pronouncing every word. He reads slowly, such as this, testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks. Repentance toward God, and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. Read it like a kid. Read it like a little boy. Read it like a five-year-old would read a book, like a six-year-old. That's how this book is written. We're to be children, not high-minded adults. Children, children, children. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you that we are The children of God. We're the children of God. And I thank you, Lord, that we can uh, be like a little kid. We can ask, Lord, why is the sky blue? You know? Why is our blood red when it comes out of our body, when it looks like it's blue? Is it really blue or is it red? Silly things that a child would ask, Lord. If that's what a child would ask, not an adult, he'd be embarrassed by it. But children are embarrassed because they're not embarrassed. They have no pride. Lord, help us to have no pride, to be meek and humble, selfless, get laying our life down for people. It's like I am today, sweating in this hot sun, wanting to go home rather than stand out here and do this sermon on YouTube Then having to put it all together when I get home. I have to upload it and do all the things I do to it. Like three hours worth of work on every type, every video, three hours. I tell you, Lord, I'm laying my life down for people. But I'm not asking people to reward me. I do it unto God. I do it unto you, Lord Jesus. And you are my reward. You are my reward, not people. But I minister to people because that's what you've called me to do. You've called me to preach, to minister. Now, to build Gospel of this Church. In your name, Jesus. Hope you got something out of this you know I went through a lot of different verses there and it's it's just really important to uh, dig for yourself in the gold mine of the Word of God stake your own claim in the Word of God don't poach on somebody else's claim don't borrow their gold and try to cheat them out of their gold you just go in your own mind dig for the gold for yourself and uh, you know, get dirty, get in there and start digging. You now get some grit under your fingernails, man, and some dirt in your ears and in your nose, because I've been in a lot of mines. And uh, dirt all up and down your arms and dirt on your face, and get digging in there. The word of God will wash all that dirt off you, and you'll be refreshed, because you'll hit that spring of water that will flood over you, it will make you feel like. There's nothing better, nothing better. And you can't wait to go tell somebody or do your own video on YouTube and tell the people how much God loves them. and God hates the sin and if they don't repent of that sin, they will go to hell and the fire is never, ever quenched because you'll never die, you'll never die. Your body will go back to the earth, but your spirit, because it's a living soul, will never, ever die. There is no death in life. And God said, I breathed into the nostrils of Adam, the first man, and man became a living soul. God bless you, man. I love you.